Welcome, YouTube creators, to the Tube Labs podcast, because you can't experiment enough or talk too much YouTube. Welcome to the Tube Labs podcast. I'm your host, Rosh Sillers. It's so good to have you here as we continue to talk about our favorite subject, which, of course, is YouTube. And there are a few new things going on, and I kind of want to dig into them a little bit. One interesting thing that has happened just recently is that you can now have a dark mode setting for your YouTube studio. And I know some of us are real big fans of dark mode anything, and now it's available for your YouTube studio. Check it out. You'll find it underneath your profile image, the upper icon on the right-hand side, and just drop down and you'll see the settings available to you on desktop specifically. I was talking to a local agency owner in my area, and we're talking about YouTube, which of course is a fun topic that we like to share information on. And he was not as familiar about YouTube and kind of wondered, is can you really build a YouTube channel today? I mean, is, is it too late? Is there a better place to be? Now, I have to tell you, if you want to build an Instagram or a TikTok, it may be easier if you have a good idea to build on those platforms. However, I still think that YouTube is still the way to go overall. It's still the big gorilla in the room. And for longer form content, yeah, that's certainly where you want to be. And yes, you can still build a good quality channel that's going to get views, subscribers, and make you a little bit of money if you do it right. Of course, that leads to the question of what is doing it right. And of course, if you've listened to this podcast or have gone back and listened to previous episodes, you probably have a pretty good idea. And I'm going to base the points in today's podcast based on the conversation that I had with this person who is is very bright and understands social in general, but just didn't have quite the understanding of YouTube yet. And I, I did have the conversation and he seemed to agree with the basic fact that, yeah, you know, you, you, you do need to have a theme, but I, I don't think he realized how deep of a theme or niche you need to to have. I mean, you need to develop something. And that doesn't mean you develop a niche that's so narrow that there isn't even an audience for it. You should have an audience, and it's a combination. I was actually just working in my uh, SEO world, working for a client, just writing out some headlines for a client. And I was using, in part, kind of the KGR approach, keyword golden ratio. And look that up if you're interested in SEO, because it's a nice way to start, especially early in the early blogging or website uh, launch. It's not a bad way to start driving some traffic. And basically, it's the concept, and it's actually a formula. It's a concept in which you are looking for phrases that have volume, but not a lot of competition. And so you really kind of want to do the same thing when you're looking at your YouTube channel. You want something that has 
volume, meaning people are searching or are interested in the topic or the angle or the style or the approach of what you're going to do. However, the maybe the competition isn't so large. Now, it is important to consider the fact is the trend of what you're looking at on an upswing or a downswing is is the trend over with and you have to figure that out you have to kind of do your research within YouTube it's important to really research through your YouTube categories and see what other people are doing the fact is there are youtubers who are cycling in and out of YouTube all the time there are people who've made it big and then just lost interest and don't post as much and sometimes there's an opportunity because there's still an interest in what it is that that person was saying or the type of information or whatever they may be sharing, the type of comedy, the type of science, the type of education or skits that they were doing. And people really like them, but they got tired of it or the group of people got tired of it. And yes, there's some big, big channels, but they're not as productive as they used to be. So maybe there's an opportunity there. But the bottom line is, going back to all this and that conversation, is that it we really do need to find that niche and stick with it and continue to create videos that lead people from one video to another. You've heard me say many times, the best thing you can do in pretty much all social media because the algorithms are very similar. Obviously, some of them have different goals and approaches, but the bottom line is still very similar. The, I, the goal is to keep everybody on their platform, and you as a creator, you are trying to help them do just that by creating content that will lead people to the next video. Or one way of thinking about it is, would people who enjoyed my last video appreciate this video? Or what would the people who enjoyed that last video want to see next and keep building that? And a great example for me, and I'm seeing, although I'm not, I'm not producing as much as I used to, but I'm still on the target of focusing on a theme and that everything that I am producing sticks with that theme on my channel. And that theme is getting more customers, getting more clients for one of my main channels. And I, I had that idea in my head in the past. However, I was too broad with the approach. And now, at the by the end of every video, people should have an idea of how to get a new client or a new customer based on the topic of the day. And I make it easy based on the approach that if someone enjoyed this video, although it may be a little bit different topic, it's still the same goal. So they may very well be interested in seeing the next video versus going off in a different direction altogether related to marketing or sales or whatever it may be. You can go on many, often many directions, but not come to the same kind of goal conclusion in the same way. And I am seeing a big difference. I'm seeing a difference in the quality. And when I say quality, it's not the personal quality of the person, but the quality in terms of the type of person I'm targeting. I'm getting that quality traffic again. And people are watching longer and they're watching more of my videos. 
And because of that, I know that I'm on the right track and I just need to produce more videos and keep that consistency updated. And we've talked about that. You should you should check out the recent podcast on consistency and understand a little bit about that because it's not just about your audience when it comes to consistency. It's also about you. And these are important things to consider when developing your YouTube channel. So we understand now the foundation. We have our niche and we understand that the next video needs to relate to the last video, which will then your next video relates to the next video after that. They will, people will enjoy watching one video after another because it all fits together and makes sense. Think about that when you are looking at videos. You want videos generally that are very similar, especially when you have an idea in mind or searching for something and you go down a rabbit hole. Quite often those videos are very similar and within a theme as you go through your journey. Another question I often receive, and it's similar in this conversation that I was having, is how long does it take to get to, say, a thousand subscribers, 10,000, and, you know, a million subscribers? And the fact is, it's different for every channel, and that is something that nobody wants to hear. Again, it depends on your audience. It depends on how good you're doing, how many videos you upload, so many factors. I often share the stat that TubeBuddy has shared, and that is that the average YouTube channel takes five years to hit 1,000 subscribers. However, I know for a fact that a lot of people can do it. If you are serious, you should be able to do it within one year. Now, if you are really good and you are really focused and you start to bring in the traffic, you should certainly hit 10,000 within one year. I don't see why you can't. I've seen many people do that. And 10,000 is the top 3% of YouTube channels. And I think if you can keep that, if you get to 1,000 within a year or less, I've consulted with people recently who've made 10,000 within months. And again, you can do that. And I truly believe if you can keep that momentum going, you can certainly hit maybe within one to two years, maybe three years, your silver play button. Now, will you make it to a million? I don't know. A lot of people burn out by then. Now we're talking three, four, five, six years, and sometimes people move on to other things by that point in time. You're just tired of the topic, and that's okay. I think for most people, a good goal is to hit that 100,000. And if you're driven beyond that, continue on but give yourself permission to say, hey, I did it. I'm happy with what I did. Maybe you can start a new YouTube channel. Now that you have all this information of how to get to 100,000, maybe there's another topic that's more within your heart of what you really enjoy, and maybe you wanna try that. Or maybe there's another social that you wanna be involved with, or another project. One thing I think is important is to network. If you really want to grow a YouTube channel, you need to network with the other people within your niche. Now, not everybody's going to be receptive and you have to expect that, but there are people who realize that, look, working together will develop that cluster of channels that will refer each other and really help push on the gas to help grow. So it is important to reach out and, and don't be afraid of somebody who's a little bit bigger than you. Now, look, if you have, 200 subscribers and you're eyeing somebody with 150,000, 
you know what? It really depends on the person, but most will, you know, at least politely say, no, thank you. Well, let's wait till you get a little bit bigger. But if you have 5,000 and someone else has 8,000 or, or even 12,000 subscribers, there is certainly nothing wrong with approaching them and even larger because really subscribers aren't the benchmark that shows the success and health of a channel. Because there are people with a million subscribers that don't really get a good percentage of views with each of their videos because they're, they've been around a long time. They have legacy subscribers that just haven't unsubscribed and are still counted. A better way to really look at the health of a channel is through views. And take a look at your channel. What is your average views? So if you average 50, 100, 500, 10,000 views per video or more, well, then look for other people who have the same viewership and work within that range because then you'll get a much more even exchange in the relationship. Because if you have 10,000 subscribers and the other owner of the channel that maybe you appreciate has 10,000 subscribers, but they're getting 5,000 views, well, that's not an even relationship. You have the same number of subscribers, but you don't have the same number of regular core viewers. The channel with 5,000 views per video is obviously much healthier than the channel with 300, although they have the same number of subscribers. And I think that's really important to understand because if you want to make a living as a YouTuber or part-time income, that is something you need to consider if you're going to attract sponsors. Sponsors are much more savvy than they used to be in, in terms of subscribers versus views. And you need to look at it the same way. And of course, if you can build the relationships with channels that are similar, because again, let's take this step back. Not only do they have to have the viewers, but they have to have viewers that would be interested in the content that you create. And so that's where those collaborations come in. Just collaborating with somebody because they have subscribers or even views isn't necessarily going to help you. And it's true, a relevant shout out could be helpful in some way, but not too much. You might get a few new viewers or subscribers from a good shout out, depending on the person. And again, once again, to the relevancy between the channels. So it's kind of like advertising. Advertising one time in one location is usually just wasting money. I mean, if you want to try advertising once somewhere, just send me the money, you'll get about the same result. And the same thing generally works with collaborations. The best collaborations are when you really are collaborating as channels regularly, giving the nod to each other, a shout out once in a while, letting people know about videos on that other channel or a few channels. I mean, a series, two, three, four, five different people or channels working together to support each other, it gets so much more powerful than trying to do it yourself. And yes, that is how you can grow today on YouTube. Again, a lot easier than all by yourself. 
If you want to grow on YouTube, you also have to keep an eye on your analytics, understanding your analytics and where your traffic sources are coming from because you need to understand how people are finding you and which of those traffic sources are truly driving the growth of your channel. You need to understand the subscribers versus the people who are not subscribed to your channel and think about ways. Look, if there are a lot of people who are coming to your channel and they're not subscribed, well, certainly you want to find a way to get more of them as subscribers. And of course, if you have a channel that is highly search oriented, well, then you're probably going to have a good number of the people who watch your videos not be subscribers. It's important to look at the metrics that are now available on YouTube that shows you return visitors. Are you getting a good core group of people coming to your channel and returning regularly? That's important because that is the core group. What is that number? What's the number of people who regularly return to your channel? Those are your core people. What videos do they seem to like? What videos that they do they seem to watch most or come to the fastest? Those are usually through your browse features. People finding your videos on their homepage. Really dig down and compare your traffic sources. It really does tell a story as to how people find your videos and if those people like your videos from those different traffic sources. And that kind of circles me back around to that conversation where we talked about the algorithm and understanding the algorithm, which is not an algorithm, it's multiple algorithms. But I mentioned to my, my friend who is the owner of this agency that one of the best ways to really understand the algorithm and algorithms is to look at your own homepage and compare it to your viewing habits on YouTube. Because that is exactly what is happening all across YouTube. YouTube is serving videos that are recent, you've recently watched, recently searched for, engaged with, channel creators. I mean, they, these. this is exactly how the algorithm works. And it's true in search too. Because the videos in which people actually watch on a certain topic and watch all the way through and then maybe watch more videos, those are the ones that are going to end up on the search top of the search page for certain queries. And it doesn't matter if your video is 10 times better than the one that's at the top. It's truly up to the viewer.